This is Evolved Marriage Podcast, episode 30. Today we're talking about the single best communication tool to improve your marriage. Hey everyone, so uh, just before we jump into episode 30 today uh, with Kate and I, I actually wanted to share with you that I will be starting a new group coaching program. So I'm looking for specifically 10 hungry men. uh, And this program is for men that feel more like roommates than lovers uh, with their wives. And they really don't bring it up because they lack the skills to communicate their intimate needs in a healthy way. What I help them do with this program is I help them communicate their needs in a way that invites their wives to have more deep, connected intimacy uh, in and out of the bedroom. Uh, So it's a 10-week program. I'm looking for 10 hungry men. If you are interested, you can go right in the show notes and just book a time for us to connect so you can hear more. Here we go with the episode. Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast, where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey, you. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey you and you and you and hey, everyone. (laughs) I'm trying something new. I like it. I heard it. It's really good for listeners. They really enjoy the connection from a like, hey, you. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm really glad you're here. Yes, I'm talking to you. You. Yes, stop looking around your vehicle. Yes, oh, it's yes. You. <laughs> you, you. Oh, yeah. No, no, not the person behind you. You. You, yeah, you. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you. How are you feeling, Kate? Me? How am I doing? I'm feeling good. I feel excited. I feel accomplished. I, I did, I had a big thing I really wanted to accomplish today. So mm. I got that done and out of the way, which feels really good. Um, helps me feel more organized. So, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling excited and accomplished. How are you doing, Mr. McDougall? I, I'm doing really well. I'm I'm feeling energized. Um, I feel focused. I got a little more clarity today on a few things, which is great. Um, as usual, I also feel frisky. No, oh, handsy. I saw know. that. I saw that in that wheel of emotions you posted in our kitchen. Ooh. I saw like frisky, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm, that's where he got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I'm feeling. Just like walking around life with a big smile. Like I think if I if I walk around my neighborhood with a big I smile on my face, where I thought you were going with a big. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. Let's Is that get, that kind of podcast? Yeah, Eric? Let's get right into today's topic before <laughs> this goes completely off the rails. <laughs> Walking down the street with a big old smile on my face. <laughs> Awkward. All right. So today uh, we're, we wanted to share a really powerful communication with, tool with you. Um, we call this in our relationship, we call it walking the cube. But this tool is called the experience cube. Um, and it's based on a gentleman called uh, Gervais Bush, and he wrote the book called Clear Leadership. And we use this tool. I learned this in some leadership training that I did a little while back. And I actually use this tool and I brought it to our marriage because it was a really great way to have open and honest, challenging conversations mm-hmm. right, with each other, but really in a way that tends to kind of steer away from conflict. It's a very eye-based model where you're really putting the focus on yourself instead of pointing fingers and saying, you, you, you. Yeah. So I think it really diffuses a lot of tense situations. And I, I think what often happens, you know, when it comes to communication marriage, people tend to fall into these traps, right? They, they want to feel understood. So number one, typically, we don't always feel understood right. by our spouse, right? right? Because the reality is we're not always expressing ourselves clearly. Oftentimes when we start to communicate, it's really focused on the other person and what they're doing or not doing and how they need to change. 
So it's never really a conversation about how you're feeling because that's way too vulnerable. Right. And I find, especially when, when emotions get involved, we start having trouble communicating clearly because obviously your emotions are playing with your brain and your heart and your respiration and all those things. So everything is changing in your body physiologically, which is making communication become even harder. So you're not able to express yourself clearly. You're not able to get your thoughts out clearly because the emotions are coming and they're they're modifying your, your thoughts and, and the way you're speaking. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny, I had a conversation with a man today and he was sharing with me, you know, how do I, how do I express to my wife that she doesn't appreciate me mm-hmm. without sounding like a jerk? And, you know, I think what we ended up getting, you know, down to is that discussion of you actually don't know if your wife doesn't appreciate you, right? right? That might be the story in your head. And to be honest, you're probably looking for that story to be validated. So you're searching every time she doesn't appreciate you, mm-hmm. right? So every time you do something, you wait. And then if it doesn't happen within a few minutes, you, you're pissed off. Yeah, you're like, ding, ding, there it is. She doesn't appreciate exactly, me. Exactly, right? That idea of like confirmation bias. So right. I think what typically happens is when you enter into those conversations, instead of opening up and being vulnerable, you enter into these conversations that are a little more accusatory. And in response, your partner goes into defense mode. Goes right. into animal brain mode. Right. Like, hey, I'm being attacked, right? So all of a sudden, everything goes crazy, and you start to think about, you know, fight, flight, freeze, mm-hmm. you know, what am I going to do All the this alarm situation? bells go off. Yeah, and you've already really, based on just your opening statement, have completely lost the ability to communicate in a healthy way. Exactly. The main issues that we're finding in marriages based off of our conversations and our experience is we feel like we're not understood, we go quickly into fight, flight, freeze, or we're very you-focused mm-hmm. instead of turning into the I. When you have this style of communication, when it's fight, flight, freeze, you, 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 it's you. Yeah. yeah um, it really creates this environment in your home or in your marriage where you're avoiding bringing things up. You're mm-hmm. like, ooh, I have something serious to talk about, but I really don't think I should be going there. I don't know how to say it. They're probably they're just going to do this. They, 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 they. Like these are simple conversations that, you know, typically in a healthy relationship, they should be easy to have. But when you have these unhealthy communication patterns, that simple question can be so heavy in a relationship and cause really disrupt uh an entire day or an entire evening. Absolutely. And, and I think when there is that lack of psychological safety in the home, right, it always feels like you're either walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. right? You're bottling up your feelings, you know, just like you said, it's like, well, maybe I just won't bring this up and I'll just go through with this thing. Yeah. And then what that typically builds to in a marriage is resentment. Right. Because right? your desires aren't being met. The things that you want the most in your life you're putting aside in order to avoid conflict, in Mm -hmm. order to avoid hard conversations. And that's creating, like you said, resentment because you're not fulfilling those desires. You're not fulfilling your needs or what it is that you want as an individual in the relationship. Yeah, and I think typically what happens, and and we're going to jump into the experience cube here and explain really how to use it. What typically happens is because you feel powerless, because you start to resent, you start to blame your spouse for this life that you're living, when really you have to own up that it's you making the choice not to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember when we first started doing this, right, in our marriage, we were kind of living in these these two kind of different lanes where we wouldn't really open up about what we wanted. So sometimes you were just doing things out of like... To please you. Yeah, to be mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess this, I have to do this because I'm Eric's wife and there's a social contract and I don't really want to do it, but I don't know how to tell him that. So I'll just move through life and do it. 
Right. And that's how you end up in these relationships where you're constantly doing things where you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this stuff. And you've lost yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't even think of, I'd rather be doing this instead. You have nothing you'd rather be doing because you're so used to pleasing your spouse. You become so in tuned with what they need and you completely lose touch with yourself. Yeah. So really, uh, when I think about the experience cube, right? So I want to give you this visual. Close your eyes. Yeah. Imagine, imagine. Yeah. yeah. So if you were to think of four squares, right? Two on top, two just underneath. And the first square on the top left is observations. Just beside that to the right of it is thoughts. So the two top squares are observations to the left, thoughts to the right. Then below observations is wants. So on the left bottom is wants. And on the right is feelings, right? Bottom right is feelings. And you can look at this model. You can see it on, you know, just on our Instagram Google the, Yeah, page. you can see it on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, you can Google the experience creating cube. creating a post. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Eric Kate doesn't will put know up this that beautiful yet, post. but I will make a post. Um, but really, we want you to think about this visual. And the reason the experience cube is so important is because we want to start separating our thoughts from our feelings. We want to start separating the observations, right? The facts from the thoughts. And then we really want to get clear about what we want. Right. So when we think about walking the experience cube, right, it typically starts with an observation. Right. And when we think about an observation, right, it's fact. Right. An observation is a fact that everybody can agree on. It can be proven in a court of law. It's something you can see on a video camera, right? So an example of a fact would be, you know, if you were looking at Kate, you're like, she is wearing a black top, right? And this is something that we could all agree on as a world. This is the collective reality. Well, if everyone saw me. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it is a fact. It is a fact that I'm wearing a black top. It's not a fact that um, I think Kate's top is, you know, outdated. That's right. not a fact. That's right. That's a fact maybe in your head, but not everyone can agree with that. Therefore, it does not become, it cannot be a fact. Yeah. And what often happens where we confuse ourselves and especially how we enter into conversations, right? We often start conversations by using our thoughts and passing them off like they're fact, mm-hmm. right? So I'm very guilty of that. Okay. Yeah. I'm so like, why, I why love it. Yeah, yeah. I totally do that. Oh, like so often. And, and ever since Eric, I remember exactly where we were. We were at the cottage, we were walking up the hill and you talked about the experience cube. And I remember I went completely silent and you were just like, and my brain was going like facts. Like I talk as if everything in life was a fact Mm -hmm. you know like I even the way I talk to kids and you'll point it out sometimes I'm like no no you can't have a gum now because that's wasteful and it's like is it though like how long does a gum really last like yeah let them have the gum for 15 minutes who cares it's gonna be hard after anyway like right (laughs) but the way I talk it's very factual if you have a gum now it's going to be wasteful because you're only going to be able to chew it for 15 minutes before you get on the school bus but it's like that's not a fact that's just my own beliefs exactly (laughs) we do this all the time right Mm -hmm. like you know this idea sometimes we'll say as a fact like we're not having enough sex right and that's just i think i say it's a fact right but that's just my thought right what does enough sex mean everyone's got a different opinion of it it's not something everyone can necessarily agree on of what is enough sex Right. And then what typically happens in those moments, right, when people counteract that and say like, well, what do you mean? We start like going to validate mm-hmm. our thought. And we're like, well, all these studies Actually, say, we have a lot of sex, you know, yeah. well, because my friend, she has sex like once a month and at least we're having sex twice exactly. a month. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, you spend more energy counteracting the fact that the person just spoke mm-hmm. versus 
really listening to what the person says. So the way to use the experience cube in this case is you want to start with a fact, right? So, hey, yesterday we had agreed to have sex, right? You said this, I said this, and we didn't have sex. And then you want to go into the thought, right? Mm -hmm. So based on that, it makes me think that you're not attracted to me, right? It makes me think all these made up stories in my head that we're not really in love or we're not prioritizing our intimacy. Yeah. And what we don't realize is typically, and think about yourself in these moments, right? What'll happen is we didn't have sex last night. We don't prioritize intimacy enough. You don't love me anymore. Like you, and you start mm-hmm. to go down these and you just you, like you, throwing you, out facts. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. they're not facts. And this is what I really want you to think about. When you say something like it's a fact, right? When you say you don't love me anymore, there's only two ways that somebody can respond to that. They can either agree or they can disagree. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? They can't share their own opinion. They can't, it's just, it's such a, but when you say, lately I feel like you haven't really been attracted to me. Is that true? It's an invitation for somebody to then share their experience of reality. Mm-hmm. And what you want to be moving to is sharing more of the things we're saying as thoughts in this case, instead mm-hmm. of fact, to invite someone else's thoughts in order to create a discussion. Right, and it's, and, and this kind of moves us on to the next part of the cube, which is talking about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Because as good as it is to have these thoughts, it's important to let your partner know what these thoughts are making you feel. So, yeah, fact is we didn't have sex last night. The thought in my head is that you don't find me attractive anymore. Where it's really going to hit home with your partner is when you talk about the way you feel. Mm-hmm. I feel unwanted, undesired. That's the way I feel. Yeah, based it's on the story that based I'm telling myself. Based on the story that I'm telling myself in my head that you don't find me attractive anymore, I feel unwanted, undesired. Mm-hmm. That's where it really hits home with me. When you say, when you talk about your feelings, when you talk about your heart and you really open up and, and you're vulnerable and you're talking about your emotions, that's where it really hits home with me and it makes me think, whoa. Like the reality of the situation is that it's making my partner feel this way. It's a really great way to cut through kind of all the baloney by just expressing a feeling. Now, one of the pitfalls that I think a lot of people get into uh, is oftentimes we pass off thoughts like their feelings, mm-hmm. right? A feeling is a word that you use to describe a physical experience in your body, right? Right. And so something like calm, I feel anxious. I feel unloved, right? So what does unloved mean? Well, unloved mm-hmm. could mean sad, right? Mm-hmm. And then you want to go deeper into the idea of feeling. And so what often happens is we start using, I feel like, I feel as if. And a little trick that you want to think about is whatever follows the word, I, the words I feel like is not a feeling. It's mm-hmm. a thought, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're not attracted to me. That's actually, I think you're not attracted to me. Right. That's a thought. Right. It's not a feeling. And what we want to try to, we want to try to separate those two because oftentimes we're throwing around this word, like I feel, I feel, I feel, and we're sharing thoughts, but there's no connection to that, right? Right. We're overusing the word feelings and we're not actually expressing a feeling. So we're losing sight of actually what we're feeling. We can't communicate about our feelings anymore. Right. And I remember this was something that was brought up uh, to me a little while ago was, Before you even bring up a conversation, it's so important that you get in touch with your feelings. Before, if I'm upset about last night and I feel gypped because we were supposed to have sex and we didn't, it would be very easy for me to walk up to Eric and just be like, 
you know, hey, we didn't have sex last night and, and walk the cube, do it properly. But if I didn't really take the time to talk about how it made me feel, to really go into my body on my own, take some time aside, calm down and say, how does this make me feel? Like truly, how does this make me feel? Whether I'm talking it out with a friend or I'm doing it on my own, but really coming down and seeing like, where is this hitting in my body? Mm-hmm. And how is it making me feel so that when I come to speak to Eric, it comes out as truly genuine. I think as you're kind of walking through this cube, right? So it starts with an observation. It goes to the thought, which then leads to a way that you feel. What we want to end on is the want. And I think oftentimes what happens in conversations is we spend a lot of time and energy trying to convince our partner to open themselves up mm-hmm. for us to ask a request. Right. And while we're trying to spend time trying to open our partner up, whether it's through manipulation, guilt, shame, trying to get them to a place where they can finally accept what, what we want and say well, yes to it. Well, usually we try to get them to a place where they're like, okay, so what do you want? What exactly. do you want me to do? Yeah. Instead of just going out and asking what you want, because mm-hmm. that seems way too vulnerable because right. they might just say no. But we really do want to be clear about what exactly a want is. So mm-hmm. when you think about this whole conversation we've been building, right? We didn't have sex last night. The story in my head is you're not attracted to me anymore or you know we're gonna start having a sexless marriage and to me that feeling it leads to fear it leads to longing it leads to sadness and I don't like feeling that and the story in my head is if we continue to go down this marriage and route and not really do anything about it it could get worse and that's just the story that I'm making up I know that's not true I know that if we want to focus on our sexuality we can improve it I know that but right now I'm in this moment where I'm quite scared And what I want is to get on the same page about how to prioritize sexuality and really what sexuality means to us so we can both love having it and we can both light ourselves up in the bedroom so that it's something we look forward to instead of something we try to avoid. Right. And at this point, for me being the receiver, I could either ask him, well, what does that look like for you? What does a conversation like that look like for you? Get a little bit more specific, Mm -hmm. Eric. Like, keep going. Like, it's okay for me to ask for clarification, ask for specific examples. Um, but I also want to note, if you like rewind and listen to what Eric just did, he didn't just go observation, thoughts, feelings, wants. Like it wasn't like when Eric first introduced this model, model to me, I thought you had to do it in order. I'm a very like sequential person. I'm a very like stick to your box. This is how you do it. A, B, C, D. Yeah. But what Eric did is he did observation, thoughts, feelings, thoughts, feelings, thoughts, feelings, and then he asked for the want. Mm -hmm. And literally something that we do, we have this, it's up in our home. And whenever, you know, Kate feels like she's trying to open up about something and she's kind of missing her words or I'm trying to open up about something and I can see I'm getting aggravated. um, One one of us, the receiving partner will say, hey, do you want to walk the cube here? Mm -hmm. And it really is just about I statements. And for us, we just put our finger and we kind of walk through it. Okay, so the fact is, and sometimes what I'll realize is, Okay, the fact is, and Kate will be like, that's not actually a fact. That's a thought. Yeah. So go back. Go, yeah. what is the foundational fact here that's creating the story in your head? Yeah. Or sometimes I'll say, like, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm being ignored. And then Eric will say, You think you're being ignored. And I yeah. remember that. And that oh, makes yes, you feel right. Yeah. And this is all this is really is an awareness tool. Right. What is it about this that's a problem for me? Like, what is this pain that I'm feeling? And where's that coming from? What story am I making up in my head? about my wife, right? right? And I really think this is important to create awareness around this by using this tool. 
so you can enter these conversations in a really healthy way. And what you're going to realize is you're going to be able to understand your partner in such a profound way because mm-hmm. they're going to have the space to express themselves. Right. right? They're not going to feel like, or maybe the receiving partner, when you start getting used to having these conversations, they're not going to feel like you're blaming them. You're literally telling them like, this is a story I'm making up in my head. I know it's not true. Mm -hmm. I know it's just, you know, it may not even make sense, but this is what's going on in my head. And so we love saying that for the the thought part. The story in my head is that if this happens, you know, we're going to get a divorce. Being honest with your spouse about like, this has nothing to do with you. This is completely in my head. It really diffuses the situation and it really makes the listener feel comfortable. And and then they don't shut down. They're able to listen to you through the whole conversation and really get down to your feelings and really hear all the way to the end about what it is you want. So uh, as wrapping up, highly, highly encourage you to use this experience cube. Uh, Check out Instagram. So Kate's going to put a caption on there with the actual experience cube that she created. So check us out at evolved underscore marriage uh, on Instagram. Um, You know, you can get a really great visual representation and then, you know, highly challenge that you bring this to your relationship and just have an easy conversation about something you experienced, Mm -hmm. right? And use I statements. Um, You can print out the photo if you want. Like I said, we have it up in our home so we can go to it whenever we want, but it's just as easy as literally creating it yourself with a pencil Mm -hmm. and just kind of walking through it. But I, I highly, highly suggest that you use this in your marriage. This has been such an amazing communication tool for us. And what it really does is it takes off this, this kind of idea around conflict mm-hmm. and how me expressing myself somehow has to be a conflict, right? right? It creates a space in your home and your marriage where I can just express myself. The person can thank me for expressing myself and then you move on. Right. It creates a really safe place to express your desires and your needs and your wants. Yeah. And the more often you do that, the more that's going to spread. Your spouse is going to do it. For us, our kids do it, right? right? Which is something we encourage them to do to express themselves. And like you said, it really creates this beautiful, loving home where you can open up about really anything. Right. So that's it for us today, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Please uh, subscribe to our podcast. That always helps us out. If you are an Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review. Uh, We're always really thankful for that. But more important than anything, please share this. If you think somebody can get value out of this. Uh, Lastly, for everything we do, check us out at evolvemarriage.com. Uh, And if you do need coaching, feel free to reach out. We do have a booking link there if you want to get into a quick conversation to see if coaching is a fit for you. Uh, Otherwise, we'll chat next week. We love you. Bye, you. Bye. Bye.